Welcome to Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras. I'm Ben Collins. This week we're going to talk about the concept of gotra, or lineage, and the importance of the sun in the Vedic tradition. As always, this podcast is presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, where you can now find the first three episodes of an additional podcast series called Jyotish Conversations. Each week we present an in-depth conversation with an experienced practitioner of Jyotish in a conversational and entertaining style that should be informative, regardless of your level of Jyotish knowledge. New episodes of Jyotish Conversations will be posted every week on Thursdays, so check it out. This week we're going to discuss the concept of Gotra. According to the Vedic tradition, Gotra is the lineage through which one has descended. It's a little bit like a cosmic family tree, and what makes it unique is that according to this system, we can all be traced back to one of the seven original rishis, or Sapta Rishi. Whenever one attends a puja or a yagya as a sponsor, during the section called Sankalpa, or Statement of Purpose, the list of sponsors is read in a very specific way. Essentially, it says that during a specific time, these people came together to sponsor these rituals for these purposes. Interestingly, the time is presented very, very specifically, first, as being a specific kalpa, and we are now in the Svetavaraha kalpa. A kalpa is a day of Brahma, which is 4.32 billion years. And then, we are in the Vaivasvatakya Manvantare. A Manvantara is 306,720,000 years, and there are 14 of them in a kalpa, and two kalpas constitute a day and night of Brahma. Each Manvantara consists of 71 Mahayugas. A Mahayuga is one complete cycle of the Yugas of Satya, Treta, Dvarpa, and Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga is the shortest of the Yugas at 432,000 years. So during the Sankalpa, the recitation of time continues down through the year, the season, the month. The Paksha, which is half of a lunar month in which the moon is either waxing, called Shukla Paksha, or waning, called Krishna Paksha. And then we have the Tithi, or lunar day, the day of the week, and finally the Nakshatra, or Vedic constellation of the day. Now that's pretty specific to identify a single day out of 4.32 billion years. Now incidentally, Buddhism also uses the concept of a kalpa in various lengths. There are some great stories in which the Buddha tries to explain the vastness of time by saying, imagine that there is an empty cube 16 miles on each side, which, by the way, would be more than enough to contain more than all of Mount Everest. So assume that it was your job to meditate for 100 years and then take a single yellow mustard seed and drop it into the cube. That's once every 100 years, one mustard seed. And, according to the Buddha, the cube would be full long before a single kalpa would be over. So the Sapta Rishi are the seven original Rishis, some of whom were the mind-born sons, Manasaputra, of Brahma the Creator. As this is very old knowledge, there are variations in the list depending upon your source, 
But in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, the list is Gotama, Bharadvaja, Vishwamitra, Jamagni, Vasishta, Kashyapa, and Atri. And when you go outside in the evening, look up for the Big Dipper, and you will see that the Big Dipper is made up of seven stars. And in the Vedic tradition, each of those seven stars represents one of these original seven or sapta rishi. So when you attend a puja, you're asked for your name, that's easy enough, and then your gotra and nakshatra. Well, nakshatra is easy because that's calculated by looking to see what Vedic constellation the moon was in at the time of your birth, and any jyotishi can tell you that. But gotra for Westerners has always been a problem. A couple weekends ago, I attended a wonderful wedding, which included a wedding ceremony presided over by a Vedic priest from the north of India. And he explained to me that when you don't know your gotra, then you use Kashyapa gotra because, as he said, Kashyapa is the sun. And according to Vedic tradition, we all come from the sun. So let's take a look at the story of Kashyapa, one of the original seven rishis. Kashyapa was the son of Marichi, was one of the original mind-born sons of Lord Brahma, the creator. Sage Kashyapa married all thirteen daughters of Daksha Prajapati. One of his wives is Aditi, with whom he is the father of Agni, fire, the Devas, and the Asuras, and the Nagas, and all of humanity. The Adityas are very important and very old deities mentioned throughout the Rig Veda, there are the seven deities of heaven, Varuna, lord of the sky, rain, and the ocean. And interestingly, originally he's considered to be an Ashura. He is also the ruler of law and oaths, and the Atarva Veda portrays him, Varuna, as being omniscient with the thousand stars in the night sky as his eyes. Varuna is often paired with Mitra, who is also associated with the bonds of friendship, contracts, and meetings among friends. Next is Aryaman, who is also associated with friendship and honor. He's the representative of the ancestors, and the Milky Way is his path. Bhaga is the god of wealth and marriage, who supervises the distribution of benefits and punishments to each individual according to their karma. Daksha is one of the Adities whom we hear a lot about. He was the father of Sati, the first wife of Shiva. Daksha held a big yagya to which Shiva was not invited, thus infuriating him. Shiva destroyed the yagya, and Sati, in disgust at the bickering of her father and husband, jumped into the fire. And Daksha represents skill in rituals. Ansha, another of the Adities, represents the share of the gods. Surya is the sun, the one visible form of the divine that can be seen every day. And Ravi is also associated with the sun. And these are the Adities, some of the very, very old deities of the Rig Veda, not so much worshipped these days. Kashyapa was deeply aligned with Vishnu and was the fa father of Vamana, the fifth avatar of Vishnu, and was the chief priest and guide for Parashrama another of Vishnu's incarnations. 
Interestingly, one of Kashyapa's many sons was Hiranyakashipu, whom we know of as being the demon king who tormented his own son, Prahlada, because Prahlada was devoted to Vishnu instead of him. So eventually, after failing to shake Prahlada's devotion, Hiranyakashipu kicked one of the palace pillars, causing Narasimha, the fierce incarnation of Vishnu, to come out and subsequently kill Hiranyakashipu. Garuda, the eagle who carries Vishnu, is also one of Kashyapa's sons. And apparently the valley of Kashmir in the Himalayas is named after him. The legend is that the valley of Kashmir was originally a vast high-altitude lake, which was drained by Kashyapa, out of which the beautiful valley of Kashmir emerged, and thus had the name Kashapmira, which corrupted over time to become simply Kashmir. Kashyapa is credited with having compiled the world's first dictionary and thesaurus called Nighantu, which modern scholars place before 3,000 years BCE. It contains a glossary of various Vedic words arranged by subject, and he was the author of the first Vastu Sastra, which gives rules for the construction of houses, cities, and temples. Kashyapa is also credited with the Kashyapa Samhita, one of the original texts on Ayurveda, which was given by Brahma, the creator, to Daksha, remember him, the father of Shiva's first wife. This Samhita is considered to be a classic reference book on Ayurveda in the fields of pediatrics, gynecology, and obstetrics. Now, Daksha transmitted this knowledge to the Ashwins, the divine twins, who were the subject of my podcast number 67, on the divine physicians. And the Ashwins gave this knowledge to Indra, the king of the gods, who gave it to Kashyapa. According to an article in Wikipedia, the Kashyapa Samhita was later translated into Chinese, where it was integrated into their very ancient system of medicine. The story goes that when Kashyapa first wrote his Ayurveda Samhita, it was not welcomed by the Ayurvedic masters of that time perhaps because it was so extensive and detailed. So Jivak, the five-year-old son of the Rishi, uh, Rishik, condensed and summarized it and went to Haridwar, North India, and presented it before a congress of the most famous Ayurvedic practitioners of the time. As might be expected, the Ayurvedic doctors rejected it outright because they thought it had been written by a five-year-old boy, which actually doesn't seem to be all that unreasonable. Undeterred, the boy went to bathe in the Ganges River, and when he stepped out, he transformed into an old man, Brada in Sanskrit. Seeing this miraculous transformation, the Ayurvedic practitioners called him Brada Jivak and recognized the collected works as Brada Jivakya Tantra. There's one last story about Kashyapa that I want to include. And the more one gets back into the very early stories in the Vedic tradition, the stranger they get, and this one is no exception. One of Kashyapa's wives was named Aditi, and she is regarded to be the mother of the Devas. And at one point she was presented with two eggs by the sun god, who said that two powerful sons will be born out of the eggs. Aditi waits for many years for the eggs to hatch. But after a while, her impatience gets the better of her, and she breaks one of the eggs. 
Well, she sees a child without arms and legs who wakes up, curses her, and immediately vanishes. Aditi feels sad and worships the sun god again for some time, and the sun god appears and tells her to wait patiently and let the other egg hatch on its own. After some years pass, Garuda, the divine eagle, comes out of the egg and immediately demands food from his mother. Well, not knowing how to feed an eagle, she directs him to her husband, Kashipa Rishi. And, well, as you might imagine, Garuda is impatient with hunger and without thinking disturbs the meditations of Kashipa and asks for food. Kashipa, like all Rishis, hates it when his meditations get disturbed, so he gets angry and dismisses Garuda, telling him to go to a remote, rocky place where the dead body of a Rakshasi, a female demon, is lying, and there he could eat it and satisfy his hunger. This place is called the Rakshasi Bande, and is situated very near to Mahimapura, a little ways from Bangalore. Garuda flies off and eats the dead body, but then realizes that disturbing his father during meditation was wrong and wants to perform some penance to wash off his sins. So he goes again and apologizes to Kashyapa, who tells him to fly to Mahimapura and worship Lord Ranganatha, a specific reclining form of Lord Vishnu, who, once pleased, will wash off his sins. Well, Garuda goes off and performs penance as directed, and after a few years, Lord Vishnu appears before him in his Nirakari form as a mound of jaggery or raw sugar. So, even today, there is a Vishnu temple there now, and it's called Mahima Ranganatha Swami Temple. So, when one says that the divine is sweet, there can be a literal meaning to it because Vishnu once appeared to Garuda as a big pile of sugar to help Garuda, who then becomes the Vahana, or mount, or transportation, for Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi. So for chanting this week, we have a couple selections about Surya, the sun. first one is very short, and it's called Surya Pratasmaranam, and that is found uh, followed by the Surya Suprabhatam. A suprabhatam is a morning song, is sung in temples to awaken the deity at the beginning of the day. It's very melodic, and those who know the famous Venkateshra suprabhatam will recognize this one as being very similar. And that's our show for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Samaniyasya girana prabhavadihetum Brahmaharatmaka malakshyama chintyarupam Pratarnamamitaranindatavangmanobihi Brahmendra purvakasurainatamachitamcha Vrishtipramojanavinigrahetubhutam Trayokyapalanaparam Trigunatmakamsa Pratarbhajami Savitaramananta Shaktim Papuhajatrubhayaroga Haram Pagamsa Tamsarvaloga Kalanatmakakala Murtim Gokantabandhanavimojanamadi Devam 
श्लोकत्रयमिदंभानो प्रातःकाले सिद्धिरत भक्त जनों भवंतं इंदौर दिने भजन दिस 